okay, dude, you gotta know about this show. Some chick and her dad follow a lost dog that turns out to be Snow White's great, 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 great grandkids into a fairy tale kingdom and have to save the world with a furry. Sounds like our D&D campaigns. <laughs> <laughs> In New York, the lonely waitress Virginia Lewis lives in a building on the edge of Central Park where her father, Tony Lewis, is the janitor. Meanwhile, in the Snow White Memorial Prison, Relish the Troll King wears a pair of magic boots to become invisible and release the sun's... Wait, his name is fucking Relish? Yes! Like the condiment! Wait, wait, That's wait, what it minute. says in the... Wait a fucking minute! I've been watching this show since I was four years old! How did I never know the trick? It was relish! Read it! Like pickle relish! Oh my god, his name is relish. His name is relish! Shut up. This is the problem with us being in the same room. Now I can... I know. Turn you, around. Turn around. I can give you very pointed looks <laughs> from across the table, and you will understand, but the people listening will not know what kind of look I'm giving you. <laughs> I... Oh. I got a message. We're the CEOs of nonverbal communication. I will read that later. Anyways... <laughs> So popular. Oh my god, Bessie. Oh my god. You're so popular. <laughs> oh, welcome back to You Got to Know. We're actually doing a thing, my bro. Woo! My dude. My dude. I'm so excited to talk about Tenth Kingdom with you. You don't understand the sheer hype I feel at watching my brain worms enter your mind. I am already getting hype just because I, like, I, I forgot how to read and I stopped watching things, so I forgot what it was like to find a media that I can actually feel invested in. This is what you get when your best friend was a TV kid. Yeah. <laughs> Before the iPad kid, there was the TV kid. I've never denied my role as a TV kid. Yeah. Well, it's nice knowing somebody who actually knows who the actors are. Just wait this. until we're watching Star Trek. Oh my god. From oh. what little we have watched together, I I can feel the vibe. You, you'll be able to point at anybody on the screen and be able to list like three other things that they've been in at least. I'm so excited for us to watch the episode of, what, Star Trek, when Hawk fights Lionel Luther, and the dad from, my <laughs> Hellraiser is just giving some dude shit for being a cuck. <laughs> this show is just me carrying on my mother's tradition, <laughs> where she would just turn something on while I was in the same room as her, and within minutes, she couldn't pry me off the screen. And I'm just going through that with you, and Tenth Kingdom makes you've, it just so special. Yeah, you've you've <laughs> tried to do that with other things before, and it's never really worked, because I'm usually pretty detached yeah. from the media I watch, <clears throat> just so that the secondhand embarrassment doesn't make me immediately burst into yeah. flames and die. Yeah. But there's no, like, I haven't experienced a secondhand embarrassment yet, which is kind of surprising. I mean, so this, just, it's also not a comedy, so yeah. there's not a whole lot. It's like drama with fairies. Yeah. Which, I like the drama, and I like the fairies, so it's like a good combination. It's got the same vibe of, like, the young adult fantasy where mm. like 
you pick up the book and it's like, oh, it's got fairies in it. Let's read about magical adventure. And then, like, 12 books later, what just happened? That was my experience <laughs> reading Artemis Fowl. This feels like me reading Artemis Fowl in middle school. But now I have to actually read Artemis Fowl. Ha! I don't know if you remember this, but I remember there being commercials for the book series. I there was like TV commercials I when I was a kid. I remember seeing any TV commercials. I just got like the box set from the book order and a couple of yeah. the other ones. But because like... I didn't know what Artemis Fowl was until the Disney movie came out and it was horrible. And then I actually oh, learned what it was. I never watched the Disney movie. I literally just read like, I can't remember how many books I've read. I can't remember how many books there are. I yeah. had like <clears throat> three in a box set that I got the first year that got me into it. and then I think I got like two more after that. Mm -hmm. Definitely has the same flavor as um, that kind of like woo it's a magical adventure with fairies but then like suddenly there is sci-fi going on and so much is happening. It's that kind of thing. That's like the only kind of media that I ever get really invested mm -hmm. in. It's like it appeals to my desire for fairy tale lore but then it's like, once it sinks its claws in, then it's like, okay, anyway, we're doing this now. <laughs> but this is actually like maintaining the fairy tale lore, because Ar Artemis Fowl was very much like a sci-fi with fairies. Yeah. And that, like, it lost some of the fairy appeal, but by then I was already invested in it, and it mm -hmm. didn't lose it completely. It still was a very significant part of, mm -hmm. like, the plot. So, I stayed with that, but this <clears> one... It feels like it's definitely staying very true to the fairy tale aspect, yeah. which obviously. Yeah. I am just a young adult fairy tale book reader at heart, and yeah. that will never change. I got some books for you, then. You've already handed me one to take <laughs> home, bro! Which I still haven't read, by the way, because I can't bro. read. I also haven't read the book I picked up on the sidewalk that was all covered in dirt. Bro. I can't read, bro. Well, since you can't read, I will be the one doing the description reading today, Woo! going through the plot. We're going to, I'm on IMDb, because <clears throat> just having this open is going to make life so much easier for oh us. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> no thoughts, head empty. So, Tenth Kingdom, at least on the platform we're watching it on, is six episodes that are movie length. They are movie length! This was like an hour 30 i think the first episode was yeah it was yeah. an hour and a half yeah. almost exactly almost exactly and i think the next one is too when yeah. we were first watching yeah. these like we rewatched the first episode and then yeah. we made it like halfway through like two-thirds mm -hmm. of the way through the other one yeah and then i had to go home because i'd been hanging out for like five hours because <laughs> god this just absorbs you because that it really does it feels like it feels like you're watching an episode of a show, not a movie, so mm -hmm. you don't even realize that it's movie length until you, like, make it to a point where it feels like an episode would end, but it just keeps going, and you're like, it's been an hour? Yeah, because, like, the way that I got into watching this was that, like, my mom literally just put it on. Like, mm -hmm. this show came out when we were four years old i want to say yeah four yeah. It, it february of uh 2000 this is definitely <clears throat> a good show to put on to distract oh, yeah. the child it's a lot better than the shit that they put on to distract me <laughs> when i was a child <laughs> um 
Yeah, God, yeah, I didn't get stuck with Pinocchio and Emperor of the Night. <laughs> I mean, Pinocchio and the Emperor of the Night was something that, like, I would be a different person if I hadn't been subjected to that during my formative years. <laughs> I'd probably be a lot less this. Yeah, my, my experience with that is Mom putting it on. And specifically, we were always borrowing her friend's DVD box set. Uh, so we would just uh, put in a mm. disc, and that would just be the day to uh, the point where the I didn't... vibes. Yeah, to the point where I didn't even realize how long this was until we bought our copy when I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Ow. And we still will just sit there together watching it. I I remember doing that with, like, CDs. My sister mm-hmm. would do that with CDs from her friends. They would, like, trade CDs yeah. to, to, like... I think they had, like, two Aqua CDs. We would swap... Oh, we God, would, Aqua. They had a different Aqua mm-hmm. album. So we would just trade. Yeah. I had the then, I had the Aquarium album. Yeah, we had that one, too. <clears throat> and they had yeah. the one with, um... Halloween on it. I don't know what it was called because I don't think it was written on the disc, but yeah. <clears throat> the uh, the vibe of just like trading box sets Ugh. and CDs and stuff to watch and listen to music you didn't have. I miss physical media. God, I miss physical media too. Anyways. <laughs> that reminds me. I've wanted to start like a DVD collection of like really sh- Dollar Tree movies. I'm so sad that the Dollar Tree doesn't have ratatouing anymore. Because it had it for a while. I could have bought it for a dollar. But I didn't. And now I like I I wanna find it. Let's get into reading the description. Yes, description. Woo! Okay, because the the description of this story, I still don't feel like this perfectly encapsulates the vibe of watching this because you, <laughs> it's funny to rewatch as an adult, considering the only place I have seen the two main male actors is Law and Order. The really? only <laughs> the only time I have seen I that's where I recognize the yes! wolf from. Yes, Wolfie's from Law and Order. Oh my! Th- this is what I get for not watching TV. I have no idea who these people are. Oh my. <laughs> It's so weird seeing him play a weird goofball character. <laughs> it was just such a day and night contrast between yeah. the characters that I've now seen this man play. For me, I have to say one of the funniest to that was the fact that literally at the same time as this, like until 2000, I don't even know when, I used to be obsessed with the sitcom According to Jim, um, which is Jim Belushi's hmm. old sitcom. I was obsessed with that growing up. I was watching it at the same time as, you know, my mom and I binge watching 10th Kingdom Mm. all the time. And I never put two and two together that Kimberly Williams Paisley was Virginia and the sister-in-law. It's like when you're a kid and you're like, wait, that's an actor? Yeah. Um, I thought he was actually Steve from my shows. (laughs) You mean he's not actually my blurball? <laughs> what? Me with Hillary Duff growing up. <laughs> no, literally, Hillary Duff was how I, like, finally got, solidly got the concept of actors in my head. I think that was mine, too. Because mm-hmm. it was like, 
she, she was making music, and it was like the early 2000s. Yeah. We knew who Hilary Duff was in terms of music, but also, like, I didn't watch that much Lizzie McGuire, but I knew enough to know that, like, the character's name was Lizzie, but that's Hilary Duff. Yeah. So, let's get on, what, to the description of the get show. Get on with it! <laughs> <laughs> because... This show truly is wild, and the the description here doesn't even truly get across how wild it is, because so much of this show is just translated through the aesthetic. It really is, Oh, this too. Design- Oh, my God. No amount of verbal description will ever encompass the, like, costuming and visual aesthetics. Of- you have to have seen it to mm-hmm. be able to picture it in your head. Mm-hmm. Or oh. something similar. Yeah. So... In New York, the lonely yet waitress is at Victoria. Victoria. that. (laughs) Maybe I should read it. You want to give it a try? I'll give it a try. I was one of the best um, readers in high school English class. In New York, the lonely waitress Virginia Lewis lives in a building on the edge of Central Park where her father, Tony Lewis, is the janitor. Meanwhile, in the Snow White Memorial Prison, Relish the Troll King wears a pair of magic boots to become invisible and release his son's... Wait, his name is Relish? Yes! Like the condiment! Wait! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I've been watching this show since I was four years old! How did I never know the troll king's name was Relish? Read it! Like Pickle Relish! Oh my god, his name is Relish! His name is Relish! I've been watching this show since I was four years old, and I literally never picked- I knew- to I be knew fair, his kids' names. To be fair, I did not know his name was Relish until I read that sentence, so- I knew his kids' names. I knew Bluebell. Yeah. I didn't know the Troll King's name. The sh- His name is Relish. Is his wife named Pickled? <laughs> I mean, here's here's where I'm thinking now is all three of his kids have different moms. Who the f- are they? Ketchup, mustard, and mayo? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a family dog named Burger. <coughs> Relish the Troll King wears a pair of magic boots to become invisible and release his son. Oh, my God. I love the troll name so much. They're so good. I want to make an OC based off this universe. I, I want to make a troll OC. A troll Sona, but like not the kind you're thinking of. <laughs> a different kind of troll Sona. No horns to be found here. No horns to be found here. Uh, <clears throat> and release his son's blabberwort, the troll, Burly, the troll, and Bluebell, the troll. When they are leaving Nut, the prison, they are summoned by the evil queen that offers half the twelfth kingdom to relish. To to relish. (laughs) If he helps her. I. Oh my god. Have I just opened something up to you? Just a whole new world? Because, see, I already have a whole thing about the trolls. I have always adored them. They're so fun. But there's so much about them that hasn't clicked until today, Rewatching this with you. <laughs> like, fully processing the fact that instead of saying, like, what the f*** or f*** you or something like that, they say suck an elf. Which is worse. They say suck an elf. It's literally worse. 
course. <laughs> like their response to anything, just like ah, just ah, suck an elf. <laughs> Go suck an elf. <laughs> what the? Fuck? I like the vibe. It there there's so much vibe in, that is set there up. There is in this so much vibe, set. and like I I really just I <clears throat> absolutely love how their soft swears are more lewd than like the actual swears. Oh, it's it's oh. like I love that about them. Good for them. It's the kind of thing where there's the part of me that. Growing up, I'm so glad I never gave in to that neurodivergent urge of adopting this into my real life, because I would not have been able to live down using the, like, soft swear of suck an elf. That's, it's not even a soft swear at that point. <laughs> That's like... You're just telling somebody, like, go suck a dick, but specifically an elf's dick. That's only... You could only get away with something like that at, like, a f***ing LARP. And that's still the thing that you're going to laugh about with your friends oh, afterwards. Yeah. Because why would I say that? <laughs> why did I say that? That was why? the first thing to pop in my head. Why did why? my brain concoct that sentence? <laughs> Where did it come from? Oh. Where did it go? When Prince Wendell arrives for a visit in the prison, the evil queen uses a magic dog and the prince swaps identity with the dog. I love the dog actor in this show. I love the dog actor. He's such a good boy. He's such a good boy. Because there's um, a point. Because, you know, dog escapes the evil queen. She orders the trolls to chase him um, and releases one of the other prisoners to be um, like a spy of hers and basically tells him, you know, get the dog before um, the trolls do and you'll earn your freedom permanently. Mm -hmm. um, and that also keeps her from having to give away half of the fourth kingdom to relish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> at some point we'll stop laughing at his name. Eventually, but I, I, I don't think today is going to be that day. Okay. Um, this then leads to the prince, now a dog, um, jumping through a magic mirror and then falls into Virginia Lewis in the Central Park and she hits him with her bike and it is no joke one of the cutest scenes ever. Like, this dog is just full on, not le like, oh no, Oh god, I, I killed hit. him. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I killed him. Like, this dog's not even laying like, oh, I hurt. Like, this dog, like, head laying on his paws, so cute, waiting so patiently, watching the trainer right off the camera. Really? And just hops up to just... sit, all regal-like. Oh. I gotta say, though, the whole thing about her just... The, the whole thing about her hitting him with her bike is so unrealistic because I have crashed my bike very mildly before and I feel like... You did I, yesterday. I, the day before yesterday, okay? Mm -hmm. If it were yesterday, I wouldn't have been able to ride the bike here. But yeah, no, I find it very unrealistic how she... Her clothes are intact, she's not covered in blood, her, her palms are not bruised and numb and have gravel permanently embedded in her flesh. 
She does. She does have that tiny little splotch of that ketchup on her forehead. On her forehead. <laughs> That's not the part that hits the ground. It was when like you a crash ketchup. A bike. It was like a full-on ketchup stain. That's like a Literally, little. That it, it looked like a little ketchup stain you'd have on your like, collar. It looked like she got a little bit of a Kessa blast <laughs> while trying to shake the ketchup to put it on her fries. Oh my god. Like, I have feelings about this, okay? I wasn't even going very fast on my bike, and I slipped on gravel, and I... It tipped over. I was turning, and it tipped over. And I, like... I haven't gotten wounded to a point where there's blood running down my leg in a very long time, but just a little oopsie-whoopsie, tipping over into gravel, and I, like, had to find a knee band-aid that almost didn't cover the whole wound. Like, she hit a dog hard enough to knock him down, and she's unscathed? Except for a little bloop of ketchup on her forehead? Unrealistic. I'm mad about this, because clearly the writers have never had a bicycle-related bra moment before. Let us continue. Let us continue. Because, oh my boy, Wolfie. We got... The lettuce? <laughs> the relish. I'm going to fight you. In episode three, is there a character named Ketchup? <laughs> Don't throw your phone at me, bestie. Phone at the forehead. Bonk. Like, it's throwing star. I'm a, like... You, you, you're not allowed to throw anything at me except for Pringles can because they'll make a funny noise at the Michael pickup. We have a Pringles can. It's not empty, though. I'm gonna save it. <laughs> save it for throwing at me later. And at what point when we're recording this, when you don't just gonna expect it. I'm just gonna whip out the Pringles can. <laughs> Punishment for my crimes. Oh, Alright. Wolfie uh, ends up following Prince Wendell the dog through, <laughs> through the magic mirror and into New York City, along with the trolls. New York City, baby! Yeah. Uh, and when Wolf meets Tony, Virginia's father, he offers a magic beam with six wishes in exchange to know where Virginia is. Which, first of all, like, there, there's so much about Tony where I'm like, okay, yeah, taking the wishes makes sense if you weren't giving away his daughter's location to yeah, a stranger. Yeah, like... This dude has no integrity. Yeah, like, it literally, the show opens with him being, like, protective over his daughter, and it's set up, like, spoilers for the rest, it's set up that, like, this dude almost traumatically lost his daughter and is mm -hmm. overprotective. Like, that yeah. is established later on. Like, the so way it makes it was, no sense. The way <laughs> it was kind of set up, though, it's like, they couldn't decide whether they wanted him to, like, yeah. act as, like, the overprotective father or the uncaring father, so it's got yeah. a bit of both. It doesn't make sense for them to actually play into the uncaring father part that feels like just like an oopsie mm -hmm. in the acting part because it doesn't fit with the lore yeah there there are certain things like that where it's like it they're waffling between the two extremes of sitcoms <laughs> but also the fact that like my dude anything more than three wishes like anytime you're offered wishes like this it's a scam it's but always a, a scam but it's if never it's not if it's more than three though like a beam that gives you six wishes well, the only time it's not a scam is if mm -hmm. it's being offered to you by a woman in a sparkly dress. True. Very true. Unless the dress is black or red. Yeah. Then it's a scam. Yeah. If it's any other color... Tony gets in trouble with his wishes. 
<laughs> wow, who would have thought? Because, let me tell you, this man, first thing he wishes is for his boss and all of his boss's family to kiss his ass and be his servants forever. Surely this man <laughs> has heard any sort of story about, yeah. like, the be careful what you wish for. Like, how could yeah. you not have experienced that moral at any yeah. point in your life? This is then followed by a wish for unlimited beer in his fridge. <laughs> fridge tip of the day, explode. <laughs> um, that's then followed by, I think it was like $100,000, a vacuum that could clean on its own. Um, sorry, buddy. No, specifically, something that would keep the apartment clean mm, so yes. that he'd never have to lift a finger. He never yes. specified it was a vacuum. Yeah, it was just the vacuum that happened to come alive. Yeah. After that, he wished for a way to escape after those th first wishes went to and he got implicated in the theft of that money that just appeared on his doorstep. And Which he didn't even question, by yeah, the way. Yeah, no. Literally, like, a bunch of money in a bag. Just like, first of all, you wish for something to happen, and it's taking a while for this dude's entire family to get to you. Mm -hmm. There's obviously a little bit of, like, there's obviously some limitations based mm -hmm. on what is possible through reality. So surely he would question the bag of money, which looks like the stereotypical bank robber bag, by the way. They use the exact one that they use in every single, like, bank robber yeah. scene to just show up at your doorstep. Like, hello? Then again, this dude is not written to be an intelligent man, <laughs> I think. So... Just wait, my oh, dude. Oh, beans. This is, those are Tony's smarter decisions. Oh, beans. Um, yeah, and it, his arrest by the police and subsequent wish... Subsequent wish... I can speak. No, to you escape... <laughs> um, is preceded by them... Uh, seen the very obviously hypnotized state of all of these people in this one family and come to the, in my opinion, logical assumption of, oh, shit, it's a cult. Yeah, no, that, you, you, you could, it was literally just like a 20 second long scene, but boy howdy, you could see it. They were just like, cult leader! <laughs> Which, to be fair, I would have assumed that exact same thing. So, like, not everybody in this, like, setting is written to be a dumbass. Oh, yeah. Because, I'm gonna be honest, you run into a building where all these people are just uh, waiting on him hand and foot without a question and calling him master. Mm -hmm. And literally trying to kiss his Also, like, w where were any of the other tenants of this building? Right! Like, I literally- The only people who are in this building are the people who- Either own the place, mm -hmm. are related to the guy who owns mm -hmm. the place, or are Tony yeah. and his daughter. Those yeah. are the only people we ever see in the building. Like, hello? I mean, we do see Wolfie and well, the trolls, yeah, but, but they're not supposed to be there. They're not tenants. They're not tenants. They're infiltrators. I'm pretty sure, like, the only time you get any slight peek at them is when all the tenants are, like, passed out in the hallway with all those extras. But even then, when everyone's supposed to wake up, they never wake up yeah, and start we walking never, around! we never see them again. They're all laying on the ground. Honestly, 
I thought those were just, like, relatives of the owner. I, didn't... I mean, yeah, that was pre-wish, uh, though. That was just because we were rewatching it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it never occurred to me that mm. those people, like, scattered about the building yeah. were, like, tenants. Yeah. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. And while all that's happening, we have the fun of Virginia trying to get through with just one shift at work after hitting this Fighting dog. for her life. Because this poor girl is a waitress. At a restaurant on the edge of Central Park in, like, 1999. I can imagine that a regular shift is her fighting for her life, but then there's all of this. This weirdo who really wants to eat people shows up. (laughs) There's a dog in the fridge. Was that a fridge? A walk-in fridge? I don't... I don't know. I That looked like a walk-in fridge. But there that, was flour. There was flour. Then they just put stuff wherever they feel like sometimes. Yeah. Which leads to some of the best wolfy moments. Yeah. Because that dude's just... The poor dude's just being persecuted for being a furry. Like, he's... He's, <laughs> he's literally being persecuted. While we were watching this, every time there was a wolfy moment, I kept being like, that's just, like, that was just, like, me in yeah. fourth grade on the playground at recess. Like... Because the funniest part about this is he's literally introduced as the wolf. As, like, the big bad wolf. And when uh, the queen's like, you know, why are you in Snow White Memorial Prison? He's like, well, I'm a half wolf. Furry crimes. Arrested for furry (laughs) crimes. And it's like, you're half wolf, but you're all human. You you just have, like, a yarn tail a couple days out of the week. Literally, like, he just puts on his tail (laughs) and he's getting ready to go to elementary school. And then he's out on the playground like, I crave meat. The moon is out. Oh, the first episode my dude you don't even know i i I have a feeling that i'm going to feel really called out by future wolf moments (laughs) like actually because literally like this dude just goes to the restaurant and starts having a full-on shakespearean soliloquy about maiden's first blush and luscious little lambs that pouncing through the fields and their furry little (laughs) and how he when he says he wants (laughs) When he says he wants it rare, he doesn't uh, mean uh, cook it, uh, someone bring it to him. He means uh, to (laughs) show the lamb uh, the skillet and bring it out. It's like my dude. It really does feel to me like a glorified version of the playground role play with like the wolf kids. I'm not even joking. We had monologues. Not like that because we were like eight but, like, pretty close to that. It's like, this dude was written by a wolf kid. I smell dog. <laughs> this dude, that has to be my favorite scene of him just wandering up to this fancy restaurant where everyone's eating outside. Just, I smell dog. And everyone just stops and stares at their plates in, <laughs> in fear. That's one of my favorite jokes in this whole episode. Good. So good. Oh, God, he's just a wolf Literally, like, every single thing that he does and says, I mm-hmm. have either done or seen one of my friends do mm-hmm. in school, or it looks like something that we would have done. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, Virginia hides uh, from the troll kids at her grandmother's. 
while Tony is busy with his new servants. The trolls are still trapped in a broken elevator that she trapped the... <laughs> I literally just smiled. Why are you laughing? Are you saying my face is funny? You're calling me a clown? <laughs> oh, for <laughs> the trolls are still trapped in a broken elevator thanks to Virginia, and they are trying to find a way to break the quote unquote spell she cast on them to trap them in what they believe to be a matchbook in her pocket. To be fair, elevators are basically magic. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I just love that this is like, all right, broken elevator, goodbye. <laughs> Traps them in them and leaves. Banished to the elevator dimension. <laughs> like, that. that's really one of the smartest moves she pulled Literally, this whole time. She is not a dumb character. She I, is, she's resourceful. She really is. She's very resourceful. I love this chick so much. Also, I really like the scene in uh, the grandma's house. <laughs> the wolf is being all flirtatious, and then he closes his eyes, and she just nails him with a oh my with God. a pot of lilies, and it smashes on his head, and he's just unfazed. He's just annoyed. <laughs> I adore the entire sequence at Grandma's house from the moment Virginia gets there and they just info dump about her mother once being, like, a person of status. Everything about it is just, like, that on old rich people. Yeah. In the funniest way. It really is. My favorite part of the Grandma's has to be when Wolfie gets there. Mm -hmm. The next morning. And literally, this dude just has, like, the framed photos from Tony's living room. And a giant bouquet. It's like, you can't be her grandmother. You must be her younger sister. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god. Oh my god, why are you falling for this? Like, I get it. I get all this. It's like the comedy. But, like, my mm -hmm. autism is in gauge where I'm just like, my dude, that's not, that's obviously a lie. Of course, he was just trying to get in the door, but sometimes the the old rich person ego is just too powerful. What was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I want to believe that this is a setting where, like, mm. the tale of Snow White isn't just a fairy tale, except yeah. they know who Snow White is when the prince is, like, explaining everything. Like, yeah. like you can see the recognition in yeah. their faces. So, like... The, the, they've heard the story, mm -hmm. and yet they're still falling for the fairy tale tropes I that know. get everyone in all the fairy tales. That is my favorite part of this whole show, is the fact that, like, no, literally, like, it's our world, and they're pushed into the world of fairy tales. Like, first of all, that's my favorite. I, I'm mm -hmm. sad we don't have that kind of fantasy as often anymore. Like, yeah. what happened to normal people getting shunted into fairy tale settings? Please tell me. Please. But the fact that they don't, like, actually use that to their advantage and have to be explained this, even though it is said pretty yeah. explicitly later on that Virginia grew up on fairy tales. Yeah, she knows all of these stories, and yet, first of all, she went to Grandma's place <laughs> knowing that there's some fairy tale magic afoot. Okay, it, wasn't, well, it wasn't quite yeah. explained yet, but yeah. still, at the first sign of any fairy tale tomfoolery, Anybody who's, like, read the tale of, like, Little Red Riding Hood would know, Grandma equals danger. And that then leads to, of course, Wolfie getting the lilies broken over his head, pushed out a window, 
falls into the garbage and then he passes out and then wakes up and goes to a therapist's office because the therapist with the office in the alley by the dumpster <laughs> mistakes him for her one o'clock appointment. <laughs> I, if I were a therapist and I found somebody unconscious in a dumpster, I would just give them an appointment for free because they probably need it. Yeah, like... There's so much in that scene where it's like, from her perspective, this has got to be so weird. But it also ends this dude getting a list of book recommendations to better himself and being told, you know, come back next week and him going, but I won't be here next week because, you know, he's going back home. He's going, it's, oh, no, 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 no. I've been a therapist for 20 years. You can't scare me with threats like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I totally missed that in the first time we watched that episode. Oh, my God. Then again, she's also a therapist in New York City, baby. Oh, so, yeah. So, like, that's probably, like, an average Tuesday for her. I mean... Especially in fictional New York City. Fictional New York City, where she just found a random dude asleep in a garbage pile and assumed it was her one o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Like, I... <laughs> Garbage bags looked really comfy. Yeah. They did look really comfy. They really did. I, I'm, he shouldn't have shaken off mm -hmm. that whack with the lilies so easily. Yeah. This then leads, of course, to them getting pushed into the world of the Nine Kingdoms, where, of course, the whole Tenth Kingdom comes from the troll kids coming into Newark and being like, oh my god, we found the Tenth Kingdom, let's get this for daddy. <laughs> Literally. It's like... Mm, go ahead, try to claim it. Try to claim it, lads. Let's see how that goes. It, and then they proceed to have an incident in the middle of a freaking street. Nothing makes me happier than the troll kids going to New York, immediately knocking out a couple, stealing their jukebox, and then walking into traffic and attacking cars with axes. To be fair, <laughs> when I am almost hit by a car, I want to attack them with an axe, too. Okay. Yeah, you were too out of it the time one actually did hit you. Yeah. <laughs> they better hope that the, that the next one kills me or I'm getting back up and I'm unleashing hell. <laughs> okay, that intersection, I keep almost getting hit by cars. And usually when I'm, okay, people don't, there's no signal mm -hmm. to, like, indicate if it's okay to turn. So the light turns green and they just turn. Yeah. They're not even paying attention or, like, looking or anything. It's, I've seen people do it so many times in that intersection I know it's the way the intersection is laid out yeah. that's making people stupid. Yeah. But, like, every time I'm going through that intersection and I almost get hit by a car, I have the little, like, like the little tiny trolley cart because I'm going to the store <laughs> to help my boyfriend bring groceries home. Mm -hmm. And every time I have that cart, like, in my hand when somebody pulls up to me a little too fast, I'm mm -hmm. just like, I could hit you with my... I could hit you with my cart right now. Yep. I could unleash hell. Yeah. I could dent your bumper. I could mm -hmm. dent your hood. I could ruin your paint job. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> so I really relate to the trolls in that yeah. particular scene. They make me happy. I'm, uh -huh. I'm going to make a troll OC when I get home. <laughs> and then I'm going to spend so long on Pinterest looking for, like, outfit ideas. We must consult this entire time so I can make an OC too. Yes. I don't know what kingdom they're gonna be from. I need to learn more about the kingdoms to oh. know that. But I'm making a design. Mm -hmm. I am a furry. Character design is my passion. Mm -hmm. The kingdoms are pretty much just broken up by fairy tale. That's fair. 
as soon as they hear all pass through and return to the fairy tale world after all of these events conclude and everyone back in Central Park, Wolfie's buying his uh, self help books. Tony's running away from Quote the police. Buying. buying. He never yeah, intended sure. to pay. Yeah, no. He never paid. <laughs> he didn't pay, but he didn't plan on it. Yeah. Um, and Virginia is trying to get rid of this dog. Um, they all intersect, go through the magic mirror. They're in the fairy tale world. They get the whole spiel from the dog where they find out, you know. They learn. <laughs> yeah, this dog is not a dog. He is Prince Wendell of uh, the Fourth Kingdom, great, 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 great grandson of uh, Snow White. And uh, that he has been swapped uh, with the real dog that now has his physical body by his evil stepmother, the evil queen. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Of course, this is immediately preceded by the fact that Tony uh, is immediately arrested because he's still in handcuffs. So when guards find him and find out that, you know, the queen's gone, the trolls are gone, the wolf is gone, um, they assume he did it and he's in some kind of trouble because he's cuffed. Virginia gets taken by the trolls. But, like, I want to know why they assume, first of all, you, those handcuffs would not have been in the style of that prison. They would be, like, New York City baby handcuffs, not, like, (laughs) the fantasy shackles. Uh Uh-huh. So, like, I would have questions, but Mm -hmm. also, uh, I like that they assumed that he was in handcuffs because of something he did when they (laughs) just found him. I know! Like, who put the handcuffs on him if not them? Like, my dude, just ask a question. Ask any of your guards, and they will be like, I've never seen this dude in my life, I didn't put the handcuffs on him. Maybe just, like, take a moment and realize, oh, that's not manacles. Yeah, it's like, where are you from, and what are these weirdo- Like, they know what handcuffs are. Yeah. They knew what they Um, were. (laughs) Obviously, they have their own handcuffs, but they don't look like those shiny metal New York City baby handcuffs. I mean, they have watches, too. There was the whole joke with the Tooth Fairy. That's true. Like, there there is some modernality. I will let you know, there is a quote-unquote Las Vegas in this Las Vegas baby? Um, But still, like, the watches... That struck me as, like, he's been shaking mm-hmm. people down for yeah. those. Yeah. To add to his collection. Yeah. And not just, like, that's, like, a thing you can just find there. It's mm-hmm. something that somebody gives you because they really need a favor. Oh, yeah. And the Tooth Fairy is great for those favors. So that he helps oh, yeah. Tony in his escape plan, getting a key to get the dog, because the dog's gonna get poisoned. Well, Wendell's gonna get poisoned. Yeah. Um, which then leads to the funniest... Uh, whole thing of like you well here in exchange for your help have this you know clock they made it small and there are straps and it you know you wear it on your wrist and it's like oh really cool we call them watches here and he opens up a cover with like <laughs> 30 of them which leads to like everyone's favorite oh it's a rolex is it real <laughs> they know what rolexes are apparently <laughs> and they know they're faked a lot you know what those probably came from mm-hmm. like like our world yeah. in the setting they all mm-hmm. probably came from there so he's not the first dude yeah, that no. tooth fairy's been like hey i know what that is is it real no he he's definitely not the first yeah he's absolutely not the first person but you're implying something that's going i'm to be not implying anything at all bro i know your flavor <laughs> of autism <laughs> I can read you like a book. Anyways, (laughs) 
All this time, now that the evil queen is free, she has been riding through the kingdom, like, without a single issue, because she has Prince Wendell's uh, body and his carriage, <laughs> and can now just go around undetected, like the bad she is. I like the fact that they set up the fact that she's had the dog with her for, like, three mm -hmm. years. Yep. It's a lot more reasonable that he's, like, her loyal companion, because mm -hmm. it's like, I didn't just get this magic dog for this plan. He's, like, been here. Yeah. Like, excuse me, sir, this is my emotional support magic dog. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no. Sorry, I- every time I watch this, the evil queen looks so familiar. So for once I decided, you know what, she's the only one in this cast. I haven't finally figured out why she's so familiar. Why is she familiar? She's been in literally everything. She, she was Vi in Footloose. She was Lucy in The Lost Boys. Never seen it. She was Peg in Edward Scissorhands. Also never seen that. <laughs> She was Louise in the birdcage. Never seen that. Never even heard of it. Oh my god, she was Aunt Jet in Practical Magic. How did I not know she was Aunt Jet? Never seen that either. Oh my god, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Both of you to assume that I can be killed. Oh, she was in Law and Order Criminal Intent. Would you look at that? Oh, that's why she looked familiar. <laughs> some Law and Order. Yeah, no, then she was in regular Law and Order, then she was in uh, SVU. Yeah, um, okay, I watched Oh my god, she was Mrs. Copperbottom in Robots! <gasps> she was Mrs. Copperbottom! Oh. <sighs> the CEO of Dump Truck. <laughs> That's how I remember who Miss Copperbottom <laughs> is. Cause like, damn, girl. <laughs> Oh, uh, Diane Weist? Is that- I don't know if that's how I actually am supposed to say her last name. It looks like it's Weist. Weist. I thought you said Weist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, you're like, listing off so many things that I reasonably could have been exposed to. I was like, nope, haven't seen it. Didn't even know that one existed. Oh! Long order! <laughs> all three of them! She was in all three. All three of them! No all wonder she seems familiar. Yeah, she was in all three of the original. As you do. I want to start watching CSI again. There's the, um, there's a follow-up series oh. airing currently. Oh, cool! It's good that they're bringing it back. I was so yeah, sad. Yeah, season two premiered right now. Ooh. Yeah. I was so sad when they stopped doing CSI. Yeah, they brought it back. When are they going to reboot Mythbusters? Who's going to come on? I want them to at least do, like, one special season to, like, debunk a lot of the bullshit that's come up since Mythbusters TikTok special. Please, no, I for real would love to have a TikTok special of Mythbusters. I honestly, I would like Adam Savage to just go on TikTok oh. and start going absolutely yeah. ham on biscuits. He mm -hmm. deserves it. Um, I'm running out of yarn. I'm gonna have to buy more of this. A rip. I hope they have it. I'm gonna be really sad if they don't. I might even like be a little bit upset even. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll feel a bit glum. I don't know. We'll see. Alright, amongst all this drama going on, Wolf has long since realized that he is in love with uh, Virginia. And as a result of this, um, decides that he's going to rescue her and help her on her mission and abandon the queen who saved him. <laughs> That's going to come up again later. 
Wow, who would have thought that right. consequences have actions? <laughs> Considering how our D&D sessions have gone, not us. No. Oh my god. <laughs> no consequences, only actions! I'm, there, God. Eventually I'm gonna have like to run into I would like to play D&D with Wolfie. I, listen, I was literally about to say, I need to run, like, a one-shot or a campaign uh. in this setting. I already know. I'm a slut for fairy tales. I am a slut for fairy tales. I also am a slut for fairy tales. Listen, I don't care about fairy tale media unless it's like a Star Trek budget episode where the studio told them they had to use all these extra costumes in the back of the costume department. Oh god, yeah. If it's not that kind of fantasy, I don't want it. If it looks like they had to scrounge around in Goodwill to find pieces for costumes, it's good. Any, like, fantasy movie distributed by Hallmark almost always is going to be perfect. Yes. Oh, my God. I have yet to find one that I don't like. Maybe I may not be invested in plots and stuff, but if I see costume design that I like, I'm immediately, like, I want more of this. Please. That's how I feel about the trolls. Their outfits are so good. They look like I could just go through Goodwill and Value Village and then make something with that aesthetic myself. With just, like, a thread and needle... And some scissors, maybe a little bit of duct tape, mm-hmm. maybe, depending mm-hmm. on how bad mm-hmm. the shoes I find are. Mm-hmm. It looks like, it looks like... They look like a bunch of punks going to Ren Fair. They look like a bunch of punks going to Ren Fair, specifically from, like, our area, mm-hmm. where all of the hippies are sending all of their stuff to Goodwill and Value yeah. Village. Yep. yep. And that's yep. the stuff that they had to work with. Yep. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that is actually all they had to work with, if I remember from behind the scenes. One of the 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 jackets that one of the trolls mm-hmm. was wearing, it looks exactly like, you know those, like, hippie sweatshirts that are made out of, like, a bunch of patched together, like, rainbow yes. strips? Yes. And, like, the seams are visible mm-hmm. and stuff. It looked like, it, same energy, same yes. vibe. And, like, I like that aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Next episode, we're going to watch episode two. Of Tenth Kingdom. I we watched the first episode yeah. twice now, but we only made it halfway through episode yeah. two. So from yeah. that point on it's going to be completely new to me. And again, I will have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on because I have to watch things four times before I know what's going on. <laughs> so when we yeah come back, we're going to be talking about Tony Lewis's stint in Snow White Memorial Prison. <laughs> Victor, why do I why do I keep trying to call her Victoria? We were having a conversation about Victoria's secret while we were watching this. We were. God, it's in my brain now. Oh, next episode we will get back to Tony's stint in Snow White Memorial Prison, Virginia, and the trolls. And- Where are they now? <laughs> And whatever furry bullshit Wolfie's getting into. I remember some very distinct furry bullshit from, like, the first part of that episode that we watched. So that's gonna be fun to talk about. Oh my god. The furries are at it again. Can't wait for him to show her his fursuit. (laughs) Next time on You Got to Know. I think this is my favorite, Alice. Yeah, I think it's mine too, honestly. Yeah. This one is, like, first. I think second would be the one that... Oh, I don't know what you're... I think it's an Australian. I think it's an Australian Alice in Wonderland. I 
vaguely remember it's seeing that. So I, artsy. I know that I've seen that because when I was a kid, my family went out of their way to show me everything Alice in Wonderland related. Oh yeah, I, I think I'm pretty sure I've watched every live action. Yeah, Alice. Don't forget to share You Got to Know with the friends and family. Music by Kevin McLeod. Theme song mixed by Bo Tamison Bennett.